Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. I didn't cut you off this time. I know. I was like looking at you. I was like, I know. is she going to do it? I thought about it, but then I was like, no, that's too predictable. It is too predictable. I'll you have wait, to wait like seven more episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then surprise me. Shock me. Yeah, it's going to be good. Shock everyone. Honestly, Shock the world. Honestly, I kind of shocked myself when I did it because I thought <laughs> of doing it. And then I was like, am I going to do it? Oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It's great. It was grand. It's, We're going to remember it's very it forever. Grand. Yeah. I'm pro- yeah. That's going to be like one of my like fondest memories on my deathbed. I'm like, remember that one time? <laughs> I interrupted Ailey. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was so funny. And they're like, yeah, that was really rude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I don't even know what news we got. What what week is this coming out? I'm going to look. I like orienting myself. In time and space. In I time totally, and space. Yep, I know. Yep. You say it all the time. And I love it. I love it. I love knowing where I am. So let's see what's going to be happening in the future here. Is this like the second week? No. This is the last week oh, of July. Is, yes, because this is coming out after. We're recording a bit out of order. It's like a movie, you know? Yeah. We're like shooting out of order. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Because we're very Hollywood. We're basically, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to be like, we're basically like superstars. So <laughs> you'll be coming back this week. Oh, Yeah. How was your trip? I think it was great. How but was I don't it? want to jinx it. Knock on knock wood. Knock on wood. Did you hear her, guys? She did Yeah, knock. I knocked. There we go. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of this week, we've got like a fun collab coming up. That's true. That's true. We haven't talked about yeah. that at all. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't. I mean, I guess we'll probably have... This is so weird when we talk oh, about like the past future. or whatever. We probably will have talked about it in episodes that have come out before this one because we're recording those next. Yes. Right. <laughs> Yes. Or <laughs> wrap your head around that. <laughs> that hurt. I I don't think I can. My brain only works, you know, very minuscule rate. <laughs> but I feel like we'll have sooner talked about it like on Instagram. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, we, you guys will probably have known about it. So we're doing a yeah, we're doing our collab with True Crime Cat Lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Whoop, 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 I'm whoop. excited. I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna, yeah. gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. So yeah. just keep your eyes ultra peeled for that. Yeah. And your ears peeled. Keep them. Keep, just peel it all. Keep them just sliced right off. Just take the skin off. You don't need your skin for this one. <laughs> so there's a visual for you. <laughs> that's pretty. That's gross. It made, yeah. it, you know what that made me think of? Vecna. Oh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Last night. Well, I guess it's not last night when this is coming out. This has like been weeks already. Ago. But so we were watching it and um, I, we just we just kept joking about getting Vecna'd. <laughs> like, like I went outside to like, you know, take a little hit. And um, Drew was like, oh, careful. Don't get don't get Vecna'd. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. No. It's gonna get you. Yeah. And then we started this whole joke about how like imagine if Oscar was Vecna. Like, <laughs> like how different the show would have been if like Oscar auditioned to be this horrifying creature, but he's just so cute. He's it's not cute. even a funny joke. Yeah. He's just like, I guess we thought it was hilarious because we're like, look at him. He's a teddy bear. He can't be <laughs> yeah, Vecna. Yeah. And his name is Oscar. Yeah. He's got to have a name like Beelzebub. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint to this episode. <laughs> Maybe a dog named Beelzebub would. Yeah. Um, would be able to play. Vecna. Vecna. Yeah. Although I was super stoked when I found out that Jamie Campbell Bauer was in it. Yeah. Because like he, he just has that face Look, though. Yeah. Like it's just 
so angular yeah. and like sharp. striking and it's she, sharp. Yeah, it's yeah. pointy. Yes. It's, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I didn't really know what like role he was going to play. Yeah. And then when I realized where it was going, I was like, oh, this yeah. is Because when you yeah. look on IMDb, it it just says that he plays the friendly orderly. Yeah. It doesn't say Vecna. And it's funny because I kind of spoiled it. So, okay. So spoiler, if you're listening right now, this is going to ruin. Oh, my gosh. If you guys got, haven't listened to part one of Stranger Things by Listen, the end of July, watch. when this is coming out then then you've done something yeah. wrong like skip ahead a minute but also yeah please skip ahead a minute yeah yeah but like also just go watch it but anyway so i accidentally spoiled it for me and drew okay we both saw it coming mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. so i saw the video circulating on instagram of you know vecna getting ready like you know like them putting like the suit on and everything oh yes i've seen that yeah yes. like the makeup and stuff yeah. so i we're cool sitting video. there and we're at the part where like you don't really know He's mm-hmm. Vecna yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it too much. But and I was just like, where have I seen this guy before? Mm-hmm. Like what where? And then so I like I went to go search him and then I searched his name once I found him on IMDB and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's Vecna. It's because mm-hmm. I saw the video today and that's where mm-hmm. I'm like placing him. And yeah. And then Drew was just like, Well, like, like, is he actually or is he just like the guy in the suit? And I was like, I don't know. I think he's just the guy in the suit. And then like all of a sudden. We you're were like, like, oh, I we understand. were like, I just spoiled yeah. the ending for us. <laughs> so that's what that's our disappointing story. But mm-hmm. back to true crime. But you would you would have seen him before, though. Yeah. In um, he was in. What was he in? He was in Twilight. He was yes. one of the um Volturi or whatever. Yeah. And he was also in. If you ever saw the Mortal Instruments, no movie, he no. was in that one too. Um, he's been in a couple of other things too. He's kind of been. He's around. a really good actor, though. He is really good, and that's why yeah. I was so excited because I was like, "Oh, he's like perfect for Stranger Things." Yeah, I like didn't even know what he was playing. I was like, "It doesn't matter." Yeah, he's perfect because like everything that I just named has been like a fantasy world kind of world too, and I feel like he's just good in that. Yeah. Like I said, he has that face. He's very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully by this point when this is coming out, me and you will probably have watched maybe maybe watch part two. I know I'll be in Europe, so I'm not sure if I'll have watched oh, yeah, volume it, two. I kept you thinking, probably will have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope it's good. Yeah, guys. I mean, we'll all know at some point around I, this I time. I think it'll be good. I think it's gonna be really good. I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked. I was honestly, I got to be honest with you. We were we were almost not going to watch it at all was it because i harassed you about it no 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 no. (laughs) it's because okay you know when you like a show so much that you're like certain they're gonna fuck up on a season yes so we kind of thought okay well they're coming out with this fourth season like there's no way it can still be good Mm-hmm. we had that feeling we were like there's just no way like where can they take it like yeah. we were both like i don't even want to watch it I almost just we kept having these like thoughts of like it just feels like a money grab it feels like the, you know and we were, like went into it with such like a bad mind and then like drew went out the one night and i had nothing else to watch so i was like i'm gonna watch the first episode and just see because then mm-hmm. i'll know if, from the first episode if i want it or not mm-hmm. watch the first episode got hooked obviously mm-hmm. drew came home halfway through the second episode and he was like so like is it good and i was like yeah, let's start it from the beginning. Yeah. So, like, I started it over with him, and he, even he's like, yeah, I thought it was going to suck. It's really good. It's so good. And I know. we thought it was going to suck, but... I didn't... I definitely didn't think it was going to suck, but I I think we I always have that worry when yeah. a show is, like, going so well that you're like, okay, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? Exactly. Um, But it's like, you know, it's, like, one of my favorite shows I know. ever. So I had, I had higher hopes 
Just because they haven't fucked up so far. I know. In my and the, opinion. I think the only reason why I was like hesitant is because, yes, you were saying it was really good. But I also knew going into that that you had a bias of loving it like no matter what. Yeah, so, I know. So yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I do trust her opinion when it comes to shows. But yeah. like, what if what if she just loves it because it's Stranger Things? Mm-hmm. I was like, what if she's just full of shit? Anything more Stranger Things is going to be good for me. Even that, if that's it's crap. Thing. I was like, I trust <laughs> Haley so much. But what if she's lying to me? You weren't. I wasn't. You weren't. I it wasn't. turns out you're still a good friend. <laughs> it turns out, pass the test. Turns out we can still be friends. <laughs> yes, the application process has been approved. You're you're sticking around. It's good. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, you hear that, guys? It's <laughs> not going have, anywhere. We don't have to end the podcast over this. <laughs> so that's oh. our, our Stranger Things podcast coming out next <laughs> no, I'm week. Like, we just started an entire podcast <laughs> on Stranger Things. Oh, my God. Review every single episode. And then that would be good. When we have no more episodes to review, we just watch it again yeah oh i should you know what maybe i'll save this for when we talk about it in an earlier episode ah let's just talk about it now but um i don't know if you've this is why i messaged you the other night but then we got sidetracked with a different conversation i asked you how much you knew about the west memphis three case oh yeah and then we never finished and then that we conversation just started talking yeah. about something else um what's his name damien eccles oh yes yeah yeah but the eddie guy is that his name i can't remember the like crazy like the one who's being like accused of murder and stuff in stranger things oh in stranger things yeah oh it's eddie right yeah it's eddie yeah 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 yeah. um his character's based on damien eccles oh no shit yeah i don't know if like the duffer (sighs) brothers have like confirmed that explicitly but like a lot of like fan theories are and even when i watched it i I know that makes me love it so much more because there's other things that they that there's him so, living in a trailer park. Like, yeah, but his there's personality. so much that they're pulling on, right? Yeah. Because of like the whole satanic panic. And yeah. the, the, obviously the first season up until now is like MK Ultra, and all of it. They're pulling on all of these different th- serial killers of the 70s, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, like a serial killer. Like yeah. we, we've got one in Hawkins. Like there's so much from that time that they're pulling on. Yeah. And they're, I, I was saying to Luke, I really respect because we know that like no matter what, nothing is, um, nothing is created in a bubble right like even if someone comes up with an original concept there's influences throughout your life that's always going to impact you and it's always going to like mirror something or like remind someone of something else and and there's nothing that bothers me more than when someone's like no no this is 100 original it was not influenced by anything i was raised in a room with no windows like i never was exposed and it's just like shut the fuck up like you know and so i love that stranger things is so referential and so like obvious about the things that they're referencing in a way that they're just working it into their world because it feels still an original yeah concept but they're like yeah but we're like inspired by stephen king and they had like the whole stand by me thing in season two yeah like all of like i said all of the 80s stuff and And they're like referencing freddy krueger a lot in this one even like the whole vibe of it i'm getting very like the talking that vecna does Mm -hmm. is very freddy krueger yeah very freddy krueger like so i love that when you can pull all these different references but then you use it in a way that still makes it feel original mm -hmm. you know exactly but then you like i would imagine for our parents generation feels very nostalgic yeah because it's just it feels so authentic it does it feels well done okay okay gushing over guys okay Okay. okay okay. we're getting back into this fucking wild case that Haley just paused at i for also realized we didn't search up the dog oh yeah yeah oh well, the, the type of dog who is beazelbub let's see him let me see him oh okay okay let me see him is this gonna be is this let me see him he looks oh 
In that one picture, he looks like he could almost be a shepherd, but then in this one, he looks like more like a collie. I don't oh. know. Okay. Oh, no, that's probably the police dog I'm looking at. <laughs> that's just how I was looking at this one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, yes. Like, obviously, it's a police like, I'm dog. I'm so sorry, but well, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. He almost looks like a cocker. Actually, that's a cocker spaniel. Is it? I don't know if it's an English, a Springer, or an American spaniel, but it's a spaniel. This is a black and white photo also that's, that we're looking at. So. That's a spaniel. Okay. Yep. 100% a spaniel. What family of spaniel? Can't tell you off the top of my head. I'm actually going to say it's either a Springer or a Brittany spaniel. There's another. That's Marina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, Peter only dated models, right? And to have the audacity to go and have someone so perfect killed. How dare you? I know. How dare you? I know. I'm just killing Wait until I show you pictures of Christine as well. I don't, I don't not know. that like, not that I'm ever implying that someone who's beautiful doesn't like shouldn't be murdered and like someone kill who's ugly, ugly should people. like that doesn't. No, I'm just saying if that they're like, ugly, kill them. <laughs> I I just feel like any, especially that era, like the 70s, like 60s, like those old style photographs yeah. of like I just feel like everyone always looks so much more glamorous. Yeah. You know, where like it's her like jacket oh looks so glamorous. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. No. But I bet if I walked in wearing that, you would like laugh. No, hysterically. you could totally pull that off. That looks like something yeah. we would have sold at Danye. Okay, do you remember the one that we did have at Danye yeah. that I walked around constantly and I was like, ooh, ah. <laughs> but it was like $700. So yes. I would just wear it when I was there. And everyone was like, that's a full length suede jacket. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I love it. We'd like put on like the long like shearlings or something and be like, oh, yes. I am <laughs> oh, Diana. Let me point you to the handbags Prague. over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Good times. God damn. I, yeah, such good times. <laughs> fucking miss that so job good. i do too yeah all right enough about us enough about us okay let's get back in i want to hear the rest let's get into it okay so i didn't even i'm just gonna oh. do a recap on the fly oh, oh my god, god. I do a recap <laughs> i literally didn't <laughs> Neither even, think. Of us even thought of it it's because i usually just like fly through it because i don't give a shit yeah. if you don't if you need a recap just go listen <laughs> to the other episode i'll i'll do i'll do a quick one of She's what i remember more. so <laughs> Peter Demeter, born in Hungary, ended up moving to Canada to make a life for himself, was going back and forth to Vienna, Mm -hmm. pursuing models. The first one was Marina. He proposed to her after the second date. She rejected him. She was like, no, you suck. Heartbroken. He's like, what the heck? Then he met Christine, Mm -hmm. who's also a model. He convinced her to come back to Canada with him. They got married. They had a kid. They had a dog. The dog's name was Beazelbub. Yes, that is another name for the devil. The only important part of the entire episode yeah i mean it's not it's not the dog's fault that they named him that but it just says something i think yeah so he's very cute it's so cute (laughs) so peter and christine were apparently having marriage problems there was some rumors about affairs Mm -hmm. um peter had gone back and written letters to marina trying to convince her and she was like well if we're gonna get together you need to divorce your wife Mm -hmm. four weeks later Peter's wife, Christine, was dead. Dun, dun, dun. He was out all day with yep. family, friends, guests that were at their house. Um, and they came home and Christine was dead in the garage. She was beaten over the head with a blunt object. <sighs> the Peter was acting frantic. Frantic. Very strange. Very That's just obviously his suspicious. Yeah. The police very quickly made him suspect number one and (laughs) and they convinced his friend chuba to wear a wire 
and have conversations with him and try to get him to confess. So over weeks, Peter and Chaba had conversations, some of them somewhat incriminating, and eventually the police felt they had enough to make an arrest. Mm -hmm. So they arrested Peter, and this is where we ended the last episode. So dramatically, too. Yes. He opened the door and he said, I have been expecting you. I've been expecting you. And the police were like, whoa. And he's like sitting in one of those tall, evil chairs. Yeah. <laughs> Turns around. <laughs> yeah. Very slowly. That's like my dream. To yeah, I know. Somebody. I know like, it is. Like Dr. Evil <laughs> style. Yes. I know. Yeah. And it's just like Taco sitting in my lap, just like, meow, <laughs> screaming her head off. <laughs> uh, one day. One day. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So... Okay, so Peter was arrested five days after the arrest. Peter was granted $75,000 bail. Okay. The prosecution didn't oppose this because they and the police felt that their best evidence was the recorded conversations between Peter and Chuba. Mm -hmm. So they kind of let him out on purpose to see if they could gain more information, more information and like mm -hmm. more incriminating oh, conversations. When they do that. they're like, yeah, 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 go ahead. You're totally like, free. Psych. We I have mean, your asshole bugged. Yeah. We know when you're going to take a shit, buddy. <laughs> exactly. And it's $75,000 bail. Like, that's a lot of money. So, yeah. you know, like, if you post that, then, like, you're likely not going to run off for the most yeah. part. Um, five weeks after the murder, the police received a call. A criminal and Hungarian immigrant named Laszlo Epper had oh. been killed in a shootout with police. Whoa. Um, apparently he had been locked up in 1967 for attempted murder, but then, um, after six years he had escaped prison Oh, and then they have to sort of, people just escape? I know, I know. I, I saw this every I time. I saw that too. I was like, how, the fuck? how? I don't know. Uh, how on more than one occasion, someone has escaped prison in this entire world. How is that happening? These are not very good prisons. No, oh, I know. What was it the, when we were we were talking about a case where someone escaped like six times or yeah, something. Yeah, and I was like mind blown uh -huh. because like, aren't you supposed to not be able to escape prison? <laughs> like, like even once? <laughs> like, shouldn't you just like not be able to escape? Once is one too many. Yeah, I'd say so. But uh, I guess he had escaped. That He had gotten into a, an altercation with the police, I'm assuming like when they found him and he died in a shootout. When they searched his apartment, they found a scrap piece of paper with two names on it. The first name was William Taggart, who was one of the police officers investigating the case. Oh, no. Peter, Peter's, uh, like, Peter and Christine's case. And the other name was Peter Demeter. No. Mm-hmm. So the police tried really hard to connect Epper to Peter and the murder of Christine. But at this point, they, they didn't have anything else. They were like, we just found this piece of paper with these two names. We don't know why. Oh, this is so frustrating. I know. But the, we will circle back to that. Okay. Recording of conversations with Peter would reveal his obvious lack of empathy and emotion around losing his wife. Clearly. After she died, he got rid of almost all of her things. Oh, no. Suspicious. Yeah. And Too while suspicious. doing so, he like these were recordings that they were hearing. So he was constantly complaining about how much she spent, like her spending habits and like saying that she spent way too much. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful or whatever. Um, he also made comments about finding her in his garage saying, quote, I never knew Christine had so much brains. Oh, yeah also you said so much brains yeah i know so, that's literally I mean, the quote hate I to mean, break it to you you don't got so much brains english, either english is his second language so you know you know what <laughs> my entire family is english as their second language and none of us talk like that but how would you say that though because i was reading it and i was like so many brains 
I don't even know. So much brains? You don't... Someone let me know. I feel like that's Because I read not... it how it was quoted, but I also, I read it and I was like, how would you say that properly? <laughs> I would just be like, I didn't know she was so smart. Yeah, but he's saying because her brains were splattered oh. all over the garage. That's what he meant. Oh, I didn't realize she had so much brains. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Brain tissue? Yeah. I guess like, so. I just feel like brains isn't... But he's just basically saying like, oh, she was dumb. But like, look at her brains splattered everywhere. Didn't realize she had what so much. dick. Honestly, yeah. Fuck That's what guy. I mean. Like, this guy is also, fucked. Not only, yeah, dumb, but also fuck him. Mm-hmm. Um, although he made a lot of shocking comments like this, the police still weren't sure if they had enough to like get a conviction, mm -hmm. even though they had already made like the arrest at this point. So it was already underway. And I know this is kind of where sometimes in cases when we hear about th this stuff and we're like, oh, why haven't they just arrested him? Just go in and arrest him. But it's like, if you don't have a case though, yeah, then you, you risk losing that everything. trial and yeah. then you sometimes can't retry for the same crime or they just get away yeah. and and you you lose your opportunity. So I think they were trying really hard to get as much as they could. Um Peter or Peter, Peter and <laughs> Chaba, they didn't get together again until 4 months after Christine's death, so this would have been maybe 3 months after Peter had been arrested and released. Okay. Um so Peter wasn't sure if like he had lost a lot of friends and colleagues throughout this whole ordeal i think because of the way he had behaved and mm. people were put off by it yeah so he wasn't sure if like chubba had also kind of like fucked off or whatever but yeah. chubba was still working with the police so like when he reached out chubba was like yeah yeah i'm still here yeah no worries i'm still around i'm, I'm your friend yeah <laughs> <laughs> could um, you just say that again one more time a little louder and closer to my chest <laughs> <laughs> um on january 28th 1974 the preliminary hearing began for peter's trial so um when this so this is the hearing before the trial basically to discuss what is allowed to be sort of like um like put in, into the trial and things like that or if there's sorry if there's cause for a trial to even happen mm -hmm. basically the crown attorney called a surprise witness to the stand and that witness was chaba salage so peter Apparently his attorney was said that um like he Peter's face like the look on his face when Chubba walked into the room he was absolutely floored. Fuck. He was not expecting it at all. Like I think that's why it's in called one a surprise those, witness. Yeah, situations. Surprise, <laughs> surprise motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's um I think like at that point it's like that's all the confirmation you need that Peter had no idea yeah. what was going on. Oh, man. So, yeah. So he saw his, his basically his only friend left get up and speak for two hours about everything Peter had told him on the recordings and before. All the schemes Peter had, like, come up with to kill his wife. Every negative thing he had ever said about her. Like, just everything out oh, in the open. That must be so hard to do. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. I always like, I don't know. I'm always just like so like in shock and like applaud people that are able to get up and be like, he did it. <laughs> like, I point. know. Because it's just like, that's hard. Oh my God. I know. I know. I can't imagine. Especially like against someone like Peter because he's absolutely insane. Because he's so frantic. Yeah. He's scary. Um, <laughs> he's like, like scary, like unstable scary. Yeah. 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 Um, so since Chaba was a surprise witness, Peter's attorney didn't like have a defense prepared. So oh, they shit. tried their best to discredit 
Chaba over the next 10 days, but in the end, the judge decided Chaba's statements were credible and it was enough to initiate a trial against Peter. Damn, that's good. Mm-hmm. So the trial, the actual trial began on September 23rd of that year, 1974. The trial was originally planned to take place in Brampton, but Peter's lawyer petitioned to get it changed to downtown Toronto because he felt that Brampton was too close to Mississauga and also noted that a lot of the police officers working on the case were from the Brampton area. Um, Like he just felt like he would get more of a fair trial if they had more of like a metropolitan, like mixed jury, Okay, which like, I guess it makes sense as a defense attorney. Um, But instead the judge ended up moving the trial two hours West to London, Ontario. Whoa. Yeah. Right here. We're in London right now. This is technically a bleeding London case. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I read that and I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm like, ask my parents, like, do you remember this trial? But also my parents would have been probably like pretty young though. Yeah. Like 13, 12. I can't do math. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, (laughs) like, I know. (laughs) I'm like, you weren't concerned with like the biggest trial of Canadian history? They'd be like, no, I was like outside playing. Yeah. Fucking like hopscotch yeah I was, I was trying to think of that word too and I'm couldn't like, i know i'm like what would they like, like skip like rope. my dad would be playing road hockey probably but my mom wouldn't be <laughs> oh i mean you never know um so yeah they moved it to london there was a jury made up of nine men and three women from okay. london okay the jury did not appear in court for three weeks though because they had to spend a lot of time going over this is where they went over the evidence that was allowed to be admitted in court particularly the secret recordings and phone calls from the wiretap uh there were also over a hundred hours of recordings i'm assuming over the phone i don't know how else they would have got these between peter and his lawyers so that's why i'm like it must have been phone calls yeah because if they hadn't tapped then yeah yeah it would have just been every time he called because chubba wouldn't have been in the meetings with his lawyers so they must have like tapped his phone and then it it, they got over a hundred hours of those recordings um and his Lawyers obviously argued that that went against, like, attorney-client privilege. Yeah. Because you're not really supposed to... Yeah. Like, I I kind of agree with that. I do. Yeah, because it doesn't really make for a fair trial. It really doesn't. Um, The Crown was worried, though, because without all of these recordings, they had, like, almost no case. Yeah. I don't know if, like, they had no case without all of them or, like, part of them or whatever. But basically, the judge spent three weeks reviewing the tapes. Um... And while the judge was doing that, Mississauga police received an anonymous phone call from someone saying they knew who killed Christine. Okay. The person was later revealed to be a petty criminal named Julius Verug. Hmm. Um, but he went by like Mr. X or something because he wanted to like be anonymous, which is like so funny. He straight up showed up in court in like a ski mask. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, he did. No, and he, they called him like Tom Smith or something in court. Like he was like, I will not speak unless this is 100% anonymous. His name has obviously come out now, but like, yeah, there's pictures of it. Like I'll, I, I'll post them in my like Instagram yeah, post for this, this. week. Cause like, it's like pics or it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, it's that's th- so funny. What, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like this case, there's so many weird details. <laughs> a fucking ski he was, mask. Yeah. He oh. was very, very adamant about remaining anonymous. Um, in a, he, yeah, okay. In a meeting with one of the detectives on the case, Julius said that the man hired to kill Christine was named Imra Olenek, but uh, for s- 
some reason I cannot explain, he went by the duck. Okay. <laughs> That's how, like, everyone referred to him, like, on the streets the streets the duck the duck i feel like i wouldn't want to be referred to as that no that's what i'm saying i'm like i don't know why i don't know where this came from is it a joke it's not intimidating i feel like it's like it's like supposed to sound intimidating but it's like the duck but i'm like the duck duck. (laughs) like quack quack the the chickadee (laughs) like it's just so sweet and innocent sounding i'm like you can't make this shit up yeah (laughs) i feel like you're lying a ski mask the duck it's just no no mr x this is all she's gonna come out at the end of this episode and be like i made every detail up that was a lie (laughs) did you believe me it's very detailed yeah so so uh imra was also a hungarian immigrant they they tried to track him down but he had already fled back to hungary okay they did manage to track down imra's girlfriend though and she said that in the spring of 1973 Imra came in to a large sum of money and he said it came from a rich millionaire husband who wanted his wife beaten up. Okay. He said that the man's name was Farrick Stark, but uh, Imra's girlfriend said that Imra took the money without hurting the wife and then he fled the country. Oh. Mm-hmm. Is, okay. Mm-hmm. Can I guess? Yeah. Is Imra the guy that met them at the... Like a construction lot or whatever? Some say yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the theories. Or that's at least one. There's a lot of people that speak out in this case. And there's a lot of conflicting accounts. Okay. Okay. But yes, that does line up. So she... So Imra's girlfriend, she said, oh, like, I still have the rolls of paper that he had the money rolled up in. And when she went to get them, they turned out to be blueprints. Oh. <gasps> blueprints of a property owned by peter demeter oh shit this is getting spicy yeah yes Ah. so as weird as this already is like this is where things get even weirder so apparently farrick stark which was like supposed to be the name of the millionaire husband that had hired imra farrick stark had came uh had come looking for imra and was angry that he had fled with the money the police actually tracked down Farrick Stark, but when they did, they found out he had already been summoned by Peter's defense. Okay. So Stark knew Peter. He had worked for him just doing like odd jobs and such. And Farrick Stark was going to testify that in 1970, he was approached by Christine, who asked if she could hire him to kill Peter. No, no, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> dead serious no yeah man man this is so peter's defense was like this is great we'll get this guy to testify saying that like actually it was christine plotting to kill peter not the other way around um but the police basically like pressured him and they said you know like we could arrest you for like knowing this information and not saying anything so um they basically promised uh uh wait (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) they pressed him. They threatened to arrest him. When they did that, Stark admitted that Peter had then approached him in 1972, asking if he knew someone who could help him arrange for Christine to have a, quote, accident that would result in her death. Hmm. So he was going to testify for Peter's defense. And then the police pressed him. And he was like, well, after Christine asked me to 
kill her husband and I didn't. Then her husband approached me and was like, can you help me arrange to kill my wife? So he knew both sides, according to him. Okay. They had both asked him. Like, okay. I know. So basically Stark, like Farrick Stark said he didn't, he refused to help either of them. But uh, Peter asked him again in 1973 and Farrick Stark said, I know a guy named Imra Olenek, the duck. Um, he, yeah, he goes by the duck. He goes by the duck. <laughs> he could probably kill your wife. Um, like I don't <laughs> like it. Like, so it sounds funny. outrageous. It like, does. I, it really- that, people even had these conversations when that's the thing. divorce was an option. But like, that's that's the thing. Just like don't be with that person. Then I know, I know. Like just write him a note if you don't even want to break up. Them, just be like, hey, I have to leave. <laughs> I, I don't need to kill them. I know. I mean, I I don't <laughs> think that's necessary. I think everything probably would have been fine. I mean... It honestly didn't even... I feel like Christine like- would have been happy enough to just be out of the marriage that she wouldn't have gone around blabbing about whatever the fuck Peter was doing anyway. Yeah, exactly. That's she probably would just would have been like... I mean, because she was married to him. I would have been scared to do that. Yeah. He was a psycho. Yeah. Well, and he's clearly running around frantic 24-7. <laughs> like, I wouldn't piss him off either. Non-stop. Like, Jesus Christ. So... Yes. So the duck apparently was the hitman who was supposed to meet Christine at the construction site. The one that didn't go down because she showed up with Chaba's girlfriend. Peter had apparently given her, he was like, take these blueprints to the guy that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to meet. And within the blueprints was the money. So basically like Christine and then Chaba's girlfriend showed up and Imra was like, okay, this wasn't what I was expecting, but thanks for the blueprints, took them with the money in it. Mm. And then like his girlfriend said, took the money and fled the country. Yeah. So um, the prosecution knew that Farrick Stark had implicated himself in a a murder plot basically by confessing this. Mm -hmm. So they offered him immunity to switch sides and testify for the prosecution instead of the defense. Okay. Which... He did. Yeah. Because, yeah, like at that point, uh, are you going to go to jail for yeah. this guy? Like, no. Yeah, no. No, this guy's looking out for number one. He took the money without doing it, the hit. This guy yeah. only gives it. No. The duck exactly. only works for the duck. Yeah. And like, you're sure <laughs> as hell not going to go to jail for Peter. Exactly. <laughs> so just no. orchestrated a plot to kill his wife. Yeah, like, no. It, yeah. No. It's not someone you need to protect. No. So three weeks after the trial began, the jury was brought back in and and like the, the real trial started. Apparently, um, reports of people in the courtroom say that Peter showed like zero emo- emotion during most of the trial, like even during the presentation of the physical evidence, like Christine's bloody clothes and photos of the crime scene. Well, he didn't seem that bothered. No, they were like, oh, just like, like no to emotion. begin with. Like nothing the prosecution um obviously argued that peter had hired someone to kill christine but the defense argued that christine very well could have been another victim of henry robert williams who was a man who killed two other women and um raped and attempted to murder a third in the same neighborhood that the demeters lived in um and this happened like two and a half months in the span of two and a half months after Christine's death. So they were calling him a serial killer. He technically only killed two people on record. So I, like, I don't know. That doesn't, it doesn't really qualify. count, yeah. but they were calling him a serial killer. So they were just saying like, cause he had tried to kill a third that he would have, he would have been one. And that like, Oh, it's plausible that he could have killed Christine too, if he was in the area. But, um, they like the prosecution found out that Henry Robert Williams wasn't in the area on the day that Christine died. Mm-hmm. And his attacks were sexually motivated, and the forensic examiners found no evidence of sexual assault okay. uh, um, on Christine. So 
but Peter's lawyers tried to argue that she was sexual assaulted, but it was kind of blurry because like when the investigation when the investigation started, Peter like randomly offered up this information to police where he was like, oh, yeah, like I had sex with my wife like in the morning. And then so I think they found a bit of semen on her. Okay. But the police were like, yeah, but he told us that like he had sex with her that day. So like there and I don't think there was any sort of like vaginal bruising or anything like that. So there wasn't really there wasn't really any evidence of sexual assault. Um, But the defense was trying to argue that. Nice try, guys. Yeah. (laughs) His lawyers even called Henry Robert Williams to the stand to ask him directly if he killed Christine. What did he say? He, was, he straight up was like, yeah, who, who I dad. <laughs> he straight yeah, he was like, I killed all those other people, but like I didn't kill this bitch. Like, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh my god. And Can like, why would that? you call him to the stand if you don't know what he's gonna say? Yeah, that's, that's, that's such a, a long risk. shot. Yeah. Cause yeah, maybe there's an off chance that he's like, Yeah, I killed her. I did it. You know, but like even one of those like, people who just wants to take credit for everything. Yeah. But how but you don't know that. And if he says yeah. no, then that entire defense is out the window right when you could just leave people wondering yeah that just doesn't seem like a good strategy to me yeah no i don't know it's really risky but again he's just so frantic and all over the place he's probably (laughs) call this guy in here yeah peter's like get him in here get him in quick (laughs) um vivica essel and dr sybil brewer were also called to the stand okay vivica testified that peter was acting very strange the day christine was killed she also stated that the day before christine was murdered she told vivica that she had discovered peter was having an affair and she made a comment to Vivica saying, wouldn't it be nice to knock him off and get his money? Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. This is a messy case. I know. I know. This is messy. What is wrong with this? Like, oh, I, I, j- I don't get it. Man, that's a toxic relationship. Well, on top of it, Dr. <laughs> Brewer testified that Peter was acting completely normal. The day that Christine died. Yeah, because franticness is his personality. <laughs> of course, it's normal for him. She did say that Peter had told her about his trip away with Marina and that he was considering divorcing Christine. Okay. So, I mean, nothing really, like, other than him admitting to having an affair. Yeah. I mean, nothing really super incriminating there, I guess. But yeah. Um. another witness that was called was Marina Hunt. Ooh, mm-hmm. shit. So Marina had come back to Canada and had moved in with Peter five months before the trial took place. Oh. So she was living, basically living like Christine's life. She was like walking her dog, sleeping in her bed. He even gave her Christine's car. Oh. Isn't that icky? Ew. Like you're coming back and this dude like is on trial for murdering his wife. And you're just going to like that's slip so weird. right into her shoes. It's so weird. That's so, yeah, that's so uh, weird. Ugh. Yeah. Even if you're like positive to your very core that he had nothing to do with it, it would still feel uncomfortable. I, w- I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to drive her car. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I, feel- I think being in the same house would be a lot in general, but like her car, I don't know. I just, yeah. I feel like the bed is what gets me. That's, that's what gets me too. Yeah. Is that it's like you're obviously... Yeah, it's just weird. Like, it's such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Oh, that's, oh, you. Yeah. So ew, the ew, prosecution had taken, had seized letters between Marina and Peter, obviously, which revealed that, um, which revealed Marina sort of like constantly teasing Peter, saying that she had 
like multiple sexual partners, both men and women. Um, like it almost sounds like she was trying to make him jealous. Like okay. where she was like, I'm going out and dating lots of people yeah. and stuff. And like, you're still with stuck with your wife. Yeah. And sucks to be you. Oh, oh, hello. oh my God. We're playing like the most <laughs> hardcore footsies right now. Becky just like, it was like both of her feet just like in, <laughs> enveloped my one <laughs> just foot. Just like grabbed yours. <laughs> <laughs> How cold are my feet, by the way? They're, honestly, it's good. It feels nice though. It's refreshing. Yes. Yeah, very good. refreshing. Good. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome for that, guys. <laughs> All the people that have like foot fetishes are like, yeah, tell us more. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, So it was also revealed that Marina had lied about getting married, like about getting engaged to Peter um, so that he would sort of like drop Christine and commit to her. Like to kind of like, I don't know, create some sort of urgency. Yeah. It's like, I want to get married. Everything's already urgent. (laughs) (laughs) Everything in his life is rushed. Gone. so on July 10th, eight days before Christine's death, Marina wrote to Peter saying that she thought she might be pregnant. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oof. It's not determined. Like, I don't know. I couldn't find anything anywhere that said that she had a child. So I don't know if like that was also a lie. I don't know. But it probably definitely put the pressure on him. Yeah. So uh, and eight days later, Christine was dead. Oh, so, so intense. Yeah. Uh, in October, after discovering Farrick Stark and the hired hitman, the duck, the, <laughs> gotta say it, gotta say it. It's so good. The prosecution presented um, this evidence in court, like had Farrick Stark take the stand and um, and testify about the murder plot. It was enough to get the judge to revoke Peter's bail and bring him back to prison because during at this point during the trial he was at home yeah farrick stark also stated in his testimony that christine had also asked him to help um her kill his like her spouse understandably the media went like absolutely crazy yeah because it was like all these headlines that i was reading that was like you know um the like husband out. husband and wife conspire to murder each other and like things like that yeah. and it's like uh, yeah plotting to kill a great movie oh my like, gosh yes like i said you cannot make this shit up like yeah. they there even... was a hitman called the duck you guys like <laughs> this cannot be made up <laughs> so uh julius farouk mr x took the stand like i said in full fucking ski mask gear get up whatever <laughs> I have to see this. Yeah. He took the stand and he said that uh, the duck had told him directly that he had killed Christine for $10,000. According to Farrick Stark and um, the duck's girlfriend, he had fled the country after the failed murder plot and never returned. And Julius Farouk was given $2,000 in return for his testimony in court. So it's kind of hard to say who's telling the truth whether um you know whether the duck had killed christine for ten thousand dollars or whether you know ferrick stark and his girlfriend yeah. saying no he didn't kill her he just took the money and ran we don't really know hmm. um but those were obviously i'm like reading this i was like wow i'd be so confused if i was a juror yeah like thinking about how this happens all the time right like the defense is giving their defense so their witnesses are saying things in their favor and the prosecution has witnesses that yeah. are like saying things on their side right so it's, i feel like i'd be confusing. a juror and be like oh my god who do i believe oh my god oh it's my god i don't so know much pressure like yeah um especially this one so cheba was next up on the witness stand he talked about peter's plots to kill christine he was allowed to like talk about all that in front of the jury um he read out english translations of his conversations with peter and himself so those were admitted peter's lawyers 
um, in defense, tried to attack Chubba's character and constantly reminded the jury that Chubba claims to have cared for Christine, but never, like, never warned her about any of these conversations or plots that Peter was coming up with. Okay. The defense ended up calling a surprise witness of their own. His name was Joseph DiNardo. Okay. He was a convicted arsonist and professional, former professional boxer. Okay. He stated that Christine had offered him and a friend $10,000 to kill her husband a month before her death. Hmm. This friend of his, of Joseph DiNardo, was Laszlo Epper, <gasps> the prison escapee who had the sheet of paper in his apartment with Peter's name on it. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah. So Christine had apparently approached uh, Laszlo first, who had then asked Joseph DiNardo if he would help him. Like, you yeah. know, we'll go kill this woman's husband and she'll pay us $10,000 and we can split it. Uh, but apparently Joseph refused. He then said two weeks later, Laszlo Epper showed up at his house covered in blood, saying he went to Christine for money. Um, and they got into an argument. She threatened to call the police and like tell them that like he was going to kill her husband or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know. She just threatened to call the police, I guess. And he said he killed her like just in this argument. So he showed up at Joseph DiNardo's house, all covered in blood. He changed his clothes. Joseph said he left and he never saw Epper again. And then he was gunned down by police. Huh. So uh. Joseph DiNardo wasn't being paid anything to testify. Okay. Um, his Because he was already in jail at this point. His lawyer was contacted by the police to see if he knew anything about the case. Um, he said he did. His lawyer just convinced him to testify and just say what he knew. So, like I said, it's it's hard to know who's telling the truth here. Yeah. But those are just, those are the details. He wasn't being paid. He didn't really have anything to gain from it. He wasn't offered anything. Yeah. So I don't know. But it, but that's, oh. that story says that Peter didn't kill his wife then or didn't hire someone to kill his wife. That it was like some sort of accident between her and the hitman she had hired. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Fuck, I don't know. On December 5th, uh, 1974. I'm so frustrated. The jury convicted Peter of the murder of his wife. Okay. It was the longest murder trial on record in Canadian history. It wow. lasted 11 weeks. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and it had one of the shortest deliberations. Whoa. Just under 48 hours. Shit. Yeah. Oh, they were, they were sure. They were speedy. Yeah. So, and this must speak to the quality of witnesses and all this stuff. Like, I'm just reading out these sort of paraphrasing, yeah. but I obviously it would it would feel different being in that room yeah. and seeing all this stuff firsthand. So they must have been pretty sure, like you said, that's not a very long deliberation. No. So they they made their decision. Um, the jury recommended no leniency when considering sentencing. Oh, so Peter was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after the minimum 10 years. Marina Hunt was present at the trial. Uh, Apparently, she was seen, like, just staring at the ground when the sentencing was being read out. Like, she just, like, just stared at the ground, didn't look up. because she's probably like, I'm fucking sleeping in this house. Yeah. She left just five days after and got on a plane back to Vienna. Uh, Yeah, I don't blame her. Well, she's probably like, okay, this guy can't offer me a life or any money. So, yeah. like, what, is, like, what well, use that, is he? That fell through. <laughs> no offense, but she sounds like that. that's what she was after. It kind of like, seemed that way. <laughs> yeah. Don't think she's being subtle about it. Yeah. Um. Oh, and she took Beelzebub. No, she fucking didn't. Yeah, she did. You bitch. You well, slimy. I mean, like, yeah. Christine's dead. Peter's in jail. Yeah, I guess. 
He'd, to be yeah. honest, like I, I read that and I, at first I was infuriated and then I was like, oh, wait, like, but like who would take care of the dog? Yeah, that probably makes more sense. Yeah. She's just, and he is really cute. I probably would have taken cute. him too. I would have taken him. Look at that, that picture. I know, so look at that picture so of her cute. walking him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter apparently was allowed to give a final statement to the court, like at the end of the trial. Apparently this is when he got all choked up. And, oh, like finally? cried and After, stuff like yeah. months <laughs> i'm like okay what a weird moment um he said he was absolutely not guilty of killing his wife but that he would not attempt to appeal this verdict um okay mm-hmm. he he did. he did end up appealing because yeah, that's you- just no that's just a. because <laughs> yeah usually when someone's like let's say wrongfully convicted yeah. they'll be like i'm not appeal, guilty appeal and i appeal. intend to appeal as often as humanly possible yeah he's like i did not do this but i will not appeal <laughs> but also i'm gonna stick my tail between my legs and I've run off been expecting this <laughs> i've been expecting you <laughs> so on december 6 1974 the uh, Canadian government requested extradition from Hungary of Imre Olenek, okay. the duck. The duck. Some accounts say that he suffered a hemorrhage while being interrogated by police and died. Other reports say he was never found. But either way, he was never extradited from Hungary. Whoa. Yeah. So we'll never really know his story. Just the people involved. The duck that. is a mystery. He's the mystery duck. Mr. Duck. Mystery duck. <laughs> In the end, um, despite his claims, like I said, Peter did end up appealing. He appealed to the Ontario court and the Supreme Court and lost both. He filed a lawsuit Mm. for Christine's life insurance policy. No, no. But was obviously denied. But it did not end there with the life insurance policy. This continues. Chabas Olage received uh, multiple threats on his life after the trial and claimed that he was certain that Peter was um, behind it and that Peter had put a bounty on his head. Oh, my God. Um, So police put him under 24-hour surveillance or, sorry, protection. Um, In July of 1979, Peter was found unconscious from being beaten um, over the head by another inmate in his cell. Yeah, he was probably just being a fucking loser <laughs> yeah yeah he was so he, after this he was transferred from the max security prison to a medium security prison i don't know how he managed that uh there's reports that he was paying off guards and stuff like that too so i'm wondering if that had something to do with it yeah but um because it's like you could be transferred to a different prison like a different max security prison i know yeah. canada doesn't have like thousands of them but like yeah. there's other ones um yeah. or like a different part of the prison they just transferred into medium security i'm like okay sure. he continued to pursue this the civil lawsuit to claim christine's life insurance policy uh, for years how years. that was pathetic how, you're not gonna win that you have a guilty charge i know but like I, it doesn't work like i that. know but he did not give up he was not giving up you, and i there's will, no winning that like there really is tell you how far he was willing no, to go no you will not tell me yes <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> so um Jumping to Peter and Christine's daughter, Andrea. Okay. Andrea Demeter, who was only three and a half when her mother was murdered, went to live with Peter's cousin, Stephen Demeter, and his wife, Marjorie, and they had a son named Stuart. Um, so because Andrea was so young, she grew up thinking that Stuart was her brother yeah. and that Stephen and Marjorie were her parents. But when she got a bit older, they started to take her to see Peter in prison because he wanted her to visit. Yeah. They first told her that, or she assumed, I don't know if they told her, she assumed, but that Peter was her uncle instead of her dad because Mm -hmm. she was like, well, these are my parents. Um, But when she was nine years old, 
there was a uh, person at school who had a book about the case mm. and showed her pictures of like the crime scene and her mom and like that's how she found out oh that would that brutal yes yeah. like that's not how you want this kid no, to find no. out um that's like the problem with talking about your crime is unfortunately like shit like that happens yeah like that yeah for sure and i mean like she was nine like i don't know what this nine-year-old kid was doing with this book yeah that's bad parenting like, <laughs> like, i know but like, also, where, like I'm why was sure, it locked i'm pretty up? sure like you and me were reading books like that. i know <laughs> i'm like that's bad parenting i yeah. got helter skelter when i was like four <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so she she went to see peter a few more times andrea did but the stress became too much for her and, I don't blame her. and she told peter that she didn't want to see him anymore okay i just can't imagine can't like the weight even... on like this nine-year-old girl's shoulders at this point um in 1983 nine years after his sentencing peter was granted day parole no mm -hmm. oh yeah it, get, it gets worse. He began living eight days a month in a halfway house and then eventually was uh, granted full parole. Peter gave an interview with the Toronto Star, his first official interview with the press since like the beginning of this whole ordeal, saying that he wanted to put prison behind him and he wanted to reestablish a relationship with his daughter, Andrea. Um, she already told you to fuck right off. Yeah. Seven months later, Peter was arrested again for arson conspiracy to commit arson and counseling others to commit murder so the police had had been watching peter closely yeah like someone like that because he's a little fuckhead yeah like, like i want to say everyone like that getting out on day parole should be watched closely i know that that doesn't happen but luckily they were watching him closely good three mysterious fires had occurred at peter's home in mississauga in 1983 that's one too many <laughs> One too many? Just one too many. Just one too many. Okay. <laughs> Two is fine. Three is too much. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, investigating these fires, police discovered that a man named Tony Preston had been offered money by Peter. He goes to... by the fly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of a bug or something. The gecko. <laughs> um, he goes by the clownfish. <laughs> we have to give everyone in this case names now. I love it. Um, he So Tony Preston had been offered money by Peter to burn his house down. Ah, yes. Peter needed money for his legal bills because he was still pursuing the civil lawsuit to get Christie's life insurance policy. Um, and he was hoping to cash in on the house insurance. He's like, well, I'll get that money. You and then I'll use this guy. I swear this guy's like the dumbest like per millionaire I've ever heard of in my life. It's so dumb. Um, he, Is he even a millionaire? Well, he, he was when his wife was murdered he was like a multi-millionaire they were super rich and i think he still kept like part of his fortune during prison and so like, i think that's how and he was pay, able to do all of that. these things but i think after all the legal fees and all that stuff like things had dwindled by the time he was out of prison because he was in prison for nine years not working um you know but somehow i don't know i'm assuming this is the same house in mississauga mm. because like i couldn't find if that was the same house or a different house but he said it so it said he was trying to sell the house but was having trouble finding a buyer so that's why he had offered tony preston like eight thousand dollars to burn it down and then he can get the insurance money um and then he also offered tony preston ten thousand dollars to kill peter's 19 year old cousin Stuart, the no. son of stephen and marjorie why because peter was upset that andrea didn't want to see him anymore it's Stuart's fault Mm -hmm. that, <laughs> yeah doesn't that make sense doesn't that 
I don't understand. My brain hurts. I know. My brains hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much brains. No, for this. <laughs> there's no brains left. Like, it's just. So Peter instructed Tony to kidnap Stuart, hold him for ransom, and then torture and kill him, even if Stephen and Marjorie paid the ransom money. And okay. he and he was like, I also need the ransom money for my legal fees. So he was like trying to burn down his house, trying to hold his cousin's son, which would uh, it said his cousin, but that would be like, I don't know, his second cousin, whatever mm-hmm. for ransom. So he's just trying to, you know, like multiple streams of income, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's thinking. Passive income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so at this time, like in this year that Peter was on parole and released yeah. and everything, Andrea would be about 14 Okay. by then. And um, she was pulled out of school and brought to a hotel by police where she found her brother, Stuart. Police told him that Andrea's father, Peter, was trying to have Stuart killed as revenge for Andrea not wanting to, anything to do with him. Oh, my God. Uh, and the police followed Peter for two months. And um, Tony Preston had refused to be a part of the murder plot against Stewart. So Peter approached 33-year-old Mike Lane, a bodybuilder and ex-convict from Peterborough. As soon as Peter had asked Mike to kill his cousin, Stewart, Mike contacted the police. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) And I'm like, why the fuck is Peter just walking around like, hey, Hey, do you want to kill my cousin? Hey, do you want to kill my my cousin? cousin Like, (laughs) Yeah, like, you don't know these people. Like, how are you so sure that they're not just going to turn on you? Which all of them did. Everyone in his life. Almost every single one did. Even the closest person to you, Chaba, turned on you. Yeah, like how would you trust anybody at this point? Just stay home, buddy. Gosh, feels like a really risky shot in the dark. Yeah, like you just got a second chance at life being let out for like parole. Like, I know, I know. Um, So Mike, because Mike was an ex-convict and he he was trying to like get his life back on track. So then when this guy approached him, he was like, no, no, no. I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, I want nothing to do with this. So he contacted the police. And the police did the same thing that they did with Chuba. They asked Mike, can you agree to it? And then we'll put you undercover and we'll get Peter to admit yeah. this while you're wearing a wire. So audio and video recording of Peter telling Mike to there was sorry, there was audio recording and video of him telling Mike to buy a van, cover it in plastic, <laughs> then buy a gun with a silencer and a body bag. Yeah, this you- is all on recording. This fucking idiot. This is so damning. I know. <laughs> Stuart would be lured to a site and then lured into the van where Peter would then shoot him himself. Peter said on tape, the last thing he wanted to see was Stuart's eyes, knowing that it was over, that he was going to die. What did this fucking 19-year-old kid ever do to you? Like, it's just... I know. And I'm like, this is like, you're a psychopath. Yeah. You are truly a psychopath. Oh, he's insane. Like, just because you're trying to pay off other people to do these things and stuff, like, doesn't mean that you are not... It's like a different level. Like... Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, Peter said all this on tape, the um, and then Peter told Mike that Stewart's teeth and hands should be removed to prevent identification and that he should be buried in a, buried in a grave that would have been pre-dug beforehand mm-hmm. has he, to be pre-dug of course we got to be ready to go yeah he then instructed mike to go to steven and marjorie and read them some like apparently super long ass ransom note like john benet ramsey long like, like 18 that pages. peter had written he was like yeah. i wrote this novel back. <laughs> i'm gonna send you to go and just stand there and yeah. read this monologue to them of a ransom note and um and then Peter had also discussed the possibility 
of kidnapping. Oh my God, this is so fucked. So he asked him to do that and that was going to be Stuart. But then he said to Mike, also, I'll pay you more money if you kidnap the daughter of an insurance executive who's involved in my civil case. No, that's not how you get your money. For my life insurance That's policy. not how you get your money. <laughs> that is not how it works. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's really, it does the opposite, actually, it's, of get you your money. It's not going to fucking and work. And also, it's not your money. <laughs> so, Peter was arrested on October 19th, 1983. Good. He had only been out for less than a year. At this point, he was convicted of arson and attempted murder, and he was given multiple life sentences this time without the possibility of parole. Well, yeah, he kind of fucked that one up. I mean, <laughs> royally. What yes. an idiot. What an actual idiot. I know. I was like, this guy's so dumb. Like, but he, just... but he never stops trying. He never stops. Uh, just We're icy. still not at the end yet. What? Really? Yeah the hell i know all right what else does he have up his crazy sleeves so by 1985 peter had a fiance no lisa ross okay who he had met in that like less than a year that he was out he met her one week before he was arrested again in 1983 can you imagine like starting to date this guy you're like yeah it's oh he's really so fresh great. and nice oh he's been arrested oh one week <laughs> one weekend yeah red flag major blood red flag yeah, yeah like multiple up. red flag <laughs> but apparently she fell madly in love with him and I, I gotta get a better look at this guy i gotta see what's happening he's not like i don't know he's not like absurdly good looking okay. like he's okay he doesn't look like <laughs> freddy krueger but he's he's he like not like a... yeah i don't know why all these models and like nice attractive women are going for him no idea no idea so peter had told Lisa that he was angry at his lawyer, Toby Bellman, who had represented him during the preliminary and bail trials of the Stuart Demeter case. So like when he was mm -hmm. trying to kill his nephew, that case. So I don't think Toby Bellman had represented him tr throughout the whole thing, just for like the bail the and yeah. preliminary trials. Um, but because Toby Bellman realized that Peter didn't really have enough money to pay her, like all of her legal fees, mm -hmm. um, she froze his assets during the preliminary yeah, hearing so they, that they can do that real really pissed him off oh yeah and so Especially since he's clearly jonesing for some money oh yes he'll do anything <laughs> for money he's gonna kill his own family like. yeah so peter and lisa conspired to kidnap toby bellman's daughter eliza in july or august of 1985 i'm sorry this woman that he had only known for a week was like i'm in he was like she froze my assets her daughter's done that, crazy that's not even how it works I, do, I know it's like you you follow the train of thought and you're like where does he think this Honestly, is ending the next time i need money i'm gonna like i'm just gonna look at linda and i'm be gonna like, kidnap drew i'm gonna look at linda and be like say goodbye to jade <laughs> jade if you're listening you better watch your back <laughs> yo we need money oh, oh man <laughs> except we're all just like the three of us on vacation together yeah. jade's in on it too she would she like, like split it three ways yeah <laughs> jade would actually totally make like a fake ransom video too and be like help <laughs> this is happening perfect, <laughs> this is perfect. happening linda will never listen so like, <laughs> that's great. great it's great oh, oh god so so that was their plan um and peter and lisa so peter suggested hiring a former cellmate 
Peter Stanley to do the kidnapping. The plan was to kidnap Eliza, hold her for $400,000 ransom. If Toby Bellman didn't pay, then the plan was to kill Eliza. Um, Peter Stanley, the cellmate, Mm -hmm. uh, was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And then he also went right to the police. (laughs) This is honestly, this is hilarious. I know. It's like at this point, like no one's really getting hurt. It's just, he's just trying to hurt people and, and everyone so is like, that's and cool. I'm going to go tell the it police. It just keeps now. like digging his hole even deeper and keeps like fucking him over even more. It's so funny. And like, yeah, like just, that's exactly it. He's just digging himself deeper and deeper into the yeah. hole. Like you're so screwed at this point. Just stop. So this guy, Peter Stanley, also worked with the police <laughs> to get Lisa to tell him their entire plan because Peter was in um in jail. And so basically their plan was to take the money, um, bribe the guards at the jail to help Peter escape and then go and live in exile in Costa Rica. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going to like, mm-hmm. there was something about how Peter was going to like write books about his life and then they um, were going to like make money off of those books. And I'm like, what are you going to, what are you going to write? <laughs> that doesn't, That's not how it works just about no. how crazy he is he's like oh, i'll tell you everything i i don't think i'd read that book <laughs> i don't know man Maybe like this guy just confessing to like trying to have so many people killed i don't want to read this book like it's just like a book of like 151 terrible plans <laughs> <laughs> of all of my awful plans gone horribly horribly south <laughs> yeah 10 things not to do <laughs> the first nine are don't try and kill your fucking spouse <laughs> Oh, gosh. So Peter and Lisa both ended up being charged with planning to kidnap and murder Eliza Bellman. Oh, my God. Lisa was originally charged as a co-conspirator, but ended up testifying against Peter um, and charges against her were dropped. So basically the police were like, yo, if you testify against him, like, we know you're not really the one who initiated this. Yeah. We'll drop the charges. And I think she kind of was sort of whether she was playing this off or whether it was truly you know what happened i but she told them she was like i think i like got so caught up in my relationship with him i wanted to do like he manipulated me to to like do whatever it took yeah for him you know and then once she had stepped away and sort of like realized what was going on she was like oh i don't i don't want to do this like this is not this is not who i am (laughs) yeah so whether that's true or not they were like yeah no worries we'll give you We'll just drop your charges if you testify against him because he's really the one that we're worried about. Yeah. So um, Peter was given two more life sentences in 1988. I don't know how many that is now, but that's probably like four, five, maybe. hundred years. Yeah. Within the trial, it was revealed that Peter was bribing guards and parole officers with money and gifts. Like mm-hmm. I said before, there was rumors about that. So the judge. But he doesn't have money. I don't know where the fuck he's getting this money from. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe that's why he has no money. He spent it all on gifts for the guards. Yeah. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, chocolates again. <laughs> Love it. Teddy bear. Um, the judge at this trial said that Peter needed to be watched very closely and that unlike other psychopaths who burn out with age, Peter was seeming to become worse and more motivated. Hmm. Which is terrifying. Interesting. This judge, this is one of the bigger quotes that you find in like most of the articles and stuff, at least a portion of it. But this is the whole quote. He said to Peter, your evil knows no bounds. It never rests. It never ends. Whether or not you are inherently evil, I do not know. But you ooze evil out of every pore and contaminate everyone around you. (laughs) Pretty spot on. Yeah. 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 
there's like headlines that i read that were like you ooze evil out of every pore and it's like yeah 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 like there's no other way to explain it like yeah he's just very well said yeah (laughs) so peter claims to this day that christine was killed by laszlo epper peter was assessed by psychiatrists in 1995 and they described him as uh, insightless, manipulative, self-exculpatory, and psychopathic. Hmm. They agreed he posed a significant risk to others if ever released into the community. Clearly. No shit. Um, Peter was denied parole every single year between 1996 and 1999. Um, at the hearing in 1999, he was deemed so dangerous that he was never to leave the prison walls, even if shackled and handcuffed and escorted by guards. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what you get for being a fucking moron like honestly i like they're like yeah we just can't even let you out even for a second you can't you're gonna try and get somebody killed yeah. like it's not gonna work but you're gonna yeah. try and we can't have that happening yeah so in march 2019 at the age of 85 peter randomly applied for parole for the first time in 20 years <laughs> okay like i don't know why like he was just like oh i'll just give it another go i guess um yeah, we've got some more loose ends to tie up like, <laughs> the parole board obviously did not grant him parole good they said that his desire to seek revenge on anyone who ever acted against him makes him a greater threat to others than his age and physical capabilities would suggest. Yeah. Which is true. Like, they're like, the type of person that you are, like, yeah, you're 85 years old, but you could still get out and try and pay someone to kill someone again. Yeah. Like, that's your whole That's your thing. Not, like, it, yeah. that's what you do. So it doesn't matter how old you are to do that. If you're not committing the crimes, then you could be 100 and be paying someone off yeah. to, to kill other people. So you're dangerous. Yeah. Um, they cited the fact that he changed his will so that his daughter, Andrea, would only receive $1 of his money. What a fucking turd. Yeah. As evidence that over 45 years for that after over 45 years, he still harbors deep rooted anger and vengefulness against someone who was a victim of his crime. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, look at your actions. Like, it's very clear it's that you're just a very angry and vengeful person and you're always going to try and act in like a vengeful manner. Yeah. Against anyone and everyone, everyone. who does or says something that you don't agree with or that goes against yeah, you. Yeah, you're so holier than thou. Like, oh, what God. the fuck? I know. I know. Um, Andrea cut off all contact with her father. She now lives in London, Ontario. Oh, cool. Um, she spoke out about how at one point he sent her a package to her work. That's with clippings about her mother's murder no and bottles of wine he said that she should try no and she was quoted in this is a cbc article she was quoted in the article saying he'd heard i was an alcoholic and was like remember me i killed your mother now go drink yourself to death it was the most warped thing ever this poor girl holy shit i know i'm gonna um the next section is just a little bit about andrea um, in this interview, she talked about how the visits she was forced into at the prison with Peter gave her severe night terrors. Um, and she yeah. was, when she was nine, Peter had told her to stop calling Stephen and Marjorie mom and dad, which was very confusing for and a nine-year-old. so confusing. So upsetting. Um, in this article, she talks about how she grew up a very troubled child and teenager and young adult she suffered from alcohol and drug issues as well as behavioral issues Mm -hmm. she lost custody of her first daughter because she was caught driving drunk with her in the car 
she eventually did get sober through AA. That's awesome. And now has twin daughters who um, they were 11 at the time of the article and it was 2017. So they'd be about 16 now um, who she says that she loves and cares for. And they're like her motivation for staying sober. That's amazing. She um, started to she said things really started to change when she was diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. Because I yeah. think she's implying that she didn't really realize she was suffering from PTSD. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. And once you have the treatment in place and the care and like the support you need, it gets a lot easier to work through. Not necessarily like eradicate it altogether, but like it makes it a lot easier to like make progress. So that's yeah. incredible. And obviously her like behavioral issues growing up and like yeah. turning to drugs and alcohol, like she All was suffering that. so yeah. much and she wasn't she didn't even realize why and if you How don't know you why realize, like it's hard to seek the right type of help right mm -hmm. so she said that once she was diagnosed she started seeking treatment and and just yeah she just like it really helped things got a lot better she started a business helping others with ptsd wow coaching them in physical fitness nutrition how to access benefits other services which is really like just lovely to hear yeah that's that's so helpful for yeah the community like that's incredible she says that um she would love to one day regain contact and re reconcile with her oldest daughter um as she thinks about her all the time yeah. but um for right now she's caring for her two her two younger daughters the twins you know what that time could come like it, yeah i mean know. it's one of those things where like yeah she obviously made a lot of mistakes and she's owning that and but, unfortunately her oldest daughter was was in that part of her life yeah but she's now you know on she's a better path on clearly. a much better path yeah. she's doing really great things so i hope she gets that opportunity mm -hmm. one day um, in the article, she also stated that it makes her really sad that no one ever asks her about her mother. Yeah. She said that um, she obviously can't remember much about her mother at the time, except that she had um, coarse hair and always smelled nice. Oh. Which is like just so sweet. Like just well, those really like, like three. So she, three yeah, her half, memories like, would be so foggy. So vague. Um, yeah. But she said when people find out like who her parents are, they only ever ask about her father in prison and like how why would she even want to hear about that like yeah. she doesn't even yeah um so she says that she doesn't want to know anything at all about her father she just wants to know when he's dead okay yeah and i was like fair enough yeah yeah man yeah i yeah that's it's incredible that she was able to go on and like change her life for the better and then also reach out and start helping others like that's what i love hearing <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's just i can't even imagine like I don't know what your brain goes through, through a whole entire case like this. Like Fuck, this yeah. life must have been so difficult for her. Yes. Well, and especially like, because he was like, okay, so that happened when she was three and then he was out when she was 14 and then all of that shit went down. And then he, there's all these other yeah. schemes and plots that are going on that are in the news. Like you yeah. can't ignore them even if you, even if you wanted to. No. And, and at that time, like an, a, an adolescent, like, at, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised that she was having trouble at that age. Yeah. It, Yeah. I it's and it's it's no wonder she didn't really realize that she had PTSD because like when you grow up you think your life is normal no and she's what. probably thinking like well all that stuff that happened with my mother like I don't remember any of it so yeah. how could I have PTSD from something I don't remember yeah that's what I mean like you grow up thinking like your life is normal because mm -hmm. it's happening to you mm -hmm. it must be normal if it's happening like this must yeah. be the way it's supposed to be others are going through this like I'm no different mm -hmm. so it's just yeah fuck yeah that's crazy yeah um so you know all the best for her Hopefully yeah 
And Sounds like kids, she's on a better like, track. Yeah. Um, Peter, while in prison, he suffered a stroke and a heart attack. He has had chemotherapy administered for three different types of cancer. Okay. Um, but he's still alive. Um, and he's serving his term at uh, medium security prison in Bath, Ontario. Okay. In a CBC interview on May 30th, 2006 peter said he conclusively knows that he will be in prison for the rest of his life yeah and i'm like well glad you finally figured that out yeah peter. i'm glad you gave like, up trying honestly. to claw your way out because <laughs> screw you oh gosh you have fucked up one too many people's lives right like, like when you think about the ripples yeah of uh, effects that this guy has had in he's so many people's like, lives chaos yeah like he's actual chaos just pure destruction yeah 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 wow that was insane right that was a roller coaster i know remember i was like no there's more there's more like and i, didn't I, like, I was you. reading this and i was like when does this end when does this end it feels like never because like i feel like he's still like i got something on my sleeve i know like, and that's the thing is like you feel like he's never he's never stopped and like, i mean obviously it seems like in the last couple of decades he has but he, he could i feel like he could just wake up one day and be like oh i'm gonna try and bribe somebody I'm to kill somebody angry. again yeah. yeah like ugh. and then like anyone that even remotely knows him has to walk on eggshells forever yep like that sucks fuck this guy i'm fuck sure him. he's probably pretty isolated by now yeah yeah as he should be oh what a loser yeah screw this guy screw him yeah fuck you peter that's, that's my standpoint <laughs> just screw him yeah god well, you did a great job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I feel like my brain is mush. Right? <laughs> I feel like I'm mush right now. I, I need to go take a nap. At least like, I had tired. some. I, at least I had like overnight to digest it. Like you, I just like spat all of that at yeah. you, and you're like, uh, oh my god. Yeah. No. Another I, you... murder plot. <laughs> no, stop. I can't do it. Oh, that was so stressful. Yeah. I hope. I hope no one else is as stressed as I am right now because I'm very, <laughs> very stressed. So, yeah. On all that right. note sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed and you can follow us on twitter at h2ngk and you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks. Keep it sleazy. Bye. Bye.